If you would uh, stand with me, I'm going to read uh, just a brief couple of scriptures. You can turn to John chapter 9, if you have your Bibles. And as you do, uh, I'll just set up just for a second. The story that we're digging into or is going to be the setting for what we're talking about today is that uh, Jesus and his disciples come walking upon a man who was born blind. And the disciples, of course, start asking some questions, and Jesus just decides it's time to heal the man. And upon that healing, it causes a stir, some commotion, and other people start asking questions like, wait a second, what, what's going on? Isn't that the guy that was blind? Now we see him see, like, what's going on? And the religious leaders get involved, and they begin to question and try to figure out what's going on and trying to bring control to the situation. And... Uh, The second time that they come to speak to him is where we're finding the setting for these couple of verses that's going to uh, set us up for what we're going to talk about today. And it says in verse 24, for the second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. They're trying to bring accusation against Jesus, always trying to shut down Jesus in the name of Jesus. But the man answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. Can everybody say that with me this morning? One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. Come on, one time with authority. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. Heavenly Father, we bless your name. God, I thank you for the the mercies that are new this morning that we get to take advantage of, that get to uh, guide our lives. And Lord, I just pray that your spirit and your grace would guide what we discussed this morning, Lord, and allow its truth to impact us in a way, Lord, that we cannot help but be moved towards you. So draw us, call out to us, capture our hearts, Jesus, we pray, and it's in your name. Amen? Amen. I want to talk to you this morning about our testimony, and I'm not going to walk through how to do a testimony, uh, but I want to talk to you about the power of a changed life. We learn in Teen Challenge that we are testimonies, that God has stepped into our lives and has brought a difference, and that is a testimony. We learn how to give testimonies as we travel around and we represent Him, as we represent Teen Challenge, as we minister to those who are on the streets. And, uh, and, 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 and there's a lot that comes with that. But the power of a testimony isn't so much in just the fact of what is being said, but it's the proof of what has been done. It's the fact that above, no one else thought it possible. But I've been healed, I've been delivered, I've been set free. All odds were against me. And maybe you are one in this place who had a report from the doctor or a report from a family member or had a word spoken over you that you were no good, that you couldn't do anything, you didn't have the ability. I'm here to tell you this morning that that's exactly what Jesus does is he takes those who, have, who, who are beyond belief and he turns them into an opportunity for belief. And that's the power of a testimony this morning is we are all an opportunity for belief. An opportunity for a heart to be changed. An opportunity for others to come into contact with Jesus. And that's why we're here, right? To come into contact with Jesus. 
Too many times we try to point to the things that we do inside this building as the culmination of what it means to spend time and to be with Jesus. But what we do in here is a testimony among one another, how we edify each other, how we build each other up, how we come together in one accord to lift high the name of Jesus. But if we want to prove to others and and bring about belief in the lives of others, our testimony outside of these walls is what makes the difference. And that's what we want to talk about this morning, that Jesus sets us free. And that the power of our testimony is something that the church needs to rely upon to touch and to transform the darkness and the things that have gotten us bound in this world. But I don't believe that it's just that Jesus saves us that's the powerful truth this morning. And I want to read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. Paul says to the church, he says, Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. We sang that, that song this morning, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. The same power. Do you realize that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead It lives in you. But I don't believe that it stops there. You see, there's two things that I think that this passage of Scripture points us to, and it's one that Jesus raises us from death to life because every single one of us, whether we had an addiction or whether we were just separated from God, whether we were living for ourselves or whatever it is that we were doing in this life, we were considered dead before Him. Lifeless, in need of a Savior. And Jesus steps in and He brings us from death to life. But that's not the end. You see, that has to do with our position. Jesus repositions us in life from being dead to now being alive. He lifts us from the grave, but he doesn't stop there. It says that the power that raised Jesus from the dead not only raised him from the dead, but it also seated him with the Father in heavenly places. And I believe this morning that we receive our position from Jesus by the fact that he raises us from the dead, but he takes us not just from death to life, but from life to glory as he lifts us up to the Father. And it's that lifting part that is so challenging for us because that's the part that we participate in. The raising from dead to life, it it doesn't take anything from us except for getting to the point to where we realize that we can't do it ourselves. We get to the place to where we understand that the drugs that we're serving or the people that we're serving or the name or the institutions or whatever it is in this life that we're serving cannot do for us what it is that we know that we need. And so we, off, we, we give Jesus the opportunity to do what he has promised that he would do. And it's all about him. It's all about his power. It's all about his grace, raising from death to life. But then the hard part comes where Jesus not only positions us, but he gives us our purpose, which is to be like him. And the only way to be like him is to be raised to him, to get a better view of him. But when we're raised to him, the glory of God and, the, and, and, and being seated near him, the, the very presence of God begins to push down the natural man, begins to separate the two so that the spiritual man, the eternal one, the one that's clothed with Christ, raises up. And we go through that process of shedding away the sins and all of the things in life that has held us bound. And, it's, and, it's, and it can be painful. Family members can stop talking to you. You find at work, maybe so many people don't think the same about you anymore. You find that you have to make new choices. 
You cannot continue to enjoy the same things that you used to enjoy or you thought you enjoyed, but you just didn't know that they were agents of death in your life. God calls you to something newer. He raises you from death to life and from life to glory. And he begins to, 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 to take away and help you to shed the old skin. And so as he does this, we, we get repositioned and we get our purpose to may, be made like him because that's the goal in this life. And this walk that we have is to be made like Jesus. The goal as glorious as it is and how much I've enjoyed Christian Pentecostal church, the, the, the services and the worship, I so appreciate your worship leader and his heart and his, and his passion and his desire to lead you in the worship of God. But the goal of, the, of, of our walk with Jesus is not what we're doing in here. The goal of our walk is to be made like Christ, both in our person and also in our community. Us together being made like Jesus. Us together embodying and being the temple of the Spirit. Because it takes to commu- a community to reach the community. And the more that we are unified and bound together as a community, both in this place as your, as your church, but then also saints together across the city and across the world, the more that we find community, the more that we can reach our communities. And that's what Jesus wants to do. And the power of our testimonies is not just in the position of being raised from death to life. That's often where we stop. But the power of our testimonies is that we know our position and we go on in our purpose and our testimonies continue to grow and they continue to change and they continue to have life and they continue to prosper and they continue to bring about change in others. That's where we know that we are maturing in Christ when it's not just about us anymore, when I'm not just giving glory to God because of my position, but I'm giving glory to God through my purpose of being like Him. And that's really the, 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 the power of Teen Challenge is that when individuals come in, they find a new position. They're no longer dead, but they are now alive. That's their new identity. I'm alive in Christ Jesus. But then they are giving the purpose of being like Jesus. And as they understand their purpose and they give in to the things that God wants to put them through to take away the old man, now they begin to experience freedom. Freedom is what we all search for, is it not? But there's only True freedom found in one place because freedom can only be given by someone who is truly free. People who are bound by culture or society or institutions or philosophies cannot give freedom to somebody else. All that they can do is promote their own individual philosophy or organization or institution. But God being free himself is the only one that can gift freedom to mankind. And so that's why we don't put our hope and our trust in earthly leaders no matter who they are because all that they can do is give you what they themselves have. And what they have is just the replication of something else that they've received from before because there is absolutely nothing new under the sun. But Jesus. Jesus. He is free. And He alone can give us freedom. And so it doesn't matter whether it's drugs or alcohol or gambling or sex or gossip and all of the things that we find ourselves bound by. Jesus is the answer. And Jesus is our freedom. But the is- issue is, is whether or not we're going to give him the opportunity, not just to raise us from death to life, but to raise us from life to glory. Because the same power that raised Jesus from the grave and, and set him in heavenly places is the same power that raises us from the grave and sets us in heavenly places. We are hidden in Christ. We are seated with him. We are kept. Our inheritance is kept with him that it may not spoil or fade. 
And we're given the deposit of the Holy Spirit to ensure what God has done in our lives and to carry us through. And I wanted to, uh, to, to jump to a, uh, to a scripture this morning uh, in the book of Acts because I want to, uh, I want to use this, this story to kind of bring home what it is that I'm talking about this morning. Because there's, as you know, an epidemic in Staten Island. And guess who's the answer to the epidemic in Staten Island? Jesus. But who else? You. You know why I know that? Because you're here. Because you live in Staten Island. And because you call Jesus by name. And because you attend this church that God has placed in this community to be a light to this community. So I'm just telling you that so you can accept the duty that God has given to you. You might as well take responsibility because it's yours whether you like it or not. God wants to use you. And those, that's where our testimony really begins to transform, not just personally, but as a church. Whenever we give people the reason to believe, not just by what it is that we proclaim and what we say, because the enemy is happy to go toe-to-toe with Christians who want to talk all the time. Very happy. And you're going to see that here in just a second. We can talk and we can proclaim and that's awesome and we need that. But our lives and not just our lives being changed, but the lives of others being changed around us is where the power is. And that's where the authority is. And that's how the world knows. Because we've loved others enough to reach out to them. We've loved others enough to look past the things that we don't like about them. We've loved others enough to look back to the things about them that they cannot change. And we've decided to accept them. We've decided to to give them and extend to them the grace and the hope and the freedom that Christ has extended to us. Acts chapter 4. You know the story in chapter 3. Peter and John were on their way to the temple. They were being good Christians. They were going to the church to pray. And on their way there, they became even better Christians because somebody reached out to them and asked for help and they gave them the help. It wasn't the help that they were looking for, but it was the help that they needed. The man says, ask them for money. He says, well, we don't have any, but we got something better for you. And they reach out and they heal the man. And the man goes into church, into the temple, and he begins to dance and praise God. And then, of course, just like everything happens, people begin to ask questions. You see, that's the powerful thing about when God begins to change lives. We don't have to do all the talking because people come to us and ask questions. We create interest when people see something different than what they've seen before, what they're used to. People are used to churches talking. People are used to churches preaching. People are used to churches leading worship and having music and doing all the same things. But what people aren't always, haven't always been used to is transformed lives. And so this man goes up into church and he begins jumping and praising and people start asking questions and then Peter and John stand up and they're like, I don't know why you're looking at us because we didn't do this. It's Jesus whom you crucified is the one who did this. And so they preach a message and thousands come to be saved and then the religious leaders get involved because all the religious leaders get upset when one church starts to grow. And so they get upset, they step in and they start looking around like what's going on here and there they start digging And they pull Peter and John aside, and it says in verse 13, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Now, you know, for so long I stopped there. 
And I think that Christians still stop there. And we try to make it our goal to prove to people how much we've been with Jesus. We talk the lingo, we wear the right clothes, we act spiritual, we put on the masks, we do everything that we can so people will understand when they see us, I've been with Jesus. And we take that to be the highest compliment. Oh man, you're so anointed. I can tell what kind of a person you are, a Christian you are, there's something different about you, and that's awesome. But you know that's not the point of what they're saying right here? There's a three-letter word in this, in this scripture in verse 14. But, but seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. So what they're saying is, is, Pastor, they were getting ready to throw these guys in jail. They were getting to, ready to arrest these guys because they had been with Jesus. And they were preaching about Jesus. And you don't talk about Jesus. You don't, anybody who had been with Jesus, that doesn't work. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus and they were getting ready to oppose them and getting ready to arrest them, but they saw the fruits of their labor and who it was, the Jesus inside them, and they saw the man standing beside them healed. And it was because of that testimony, they realized there's nothing that we can do here. We cannot come into opposition when we see the man standing beside them. Jesus, we can oppose. We know how to do that. We opposed him, and they thought that they silenced him over and over, but the power of the book of Acts is that you can take away the name, and you can take away the words, and you can tell us not to speak, but you cannot take away the power that Jesus Christ has to change and transform lives. So that doesn't matter. Do whatever you want, and they tell them this. It says in verse 15, But when they had commanded them to leave the council... They conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a noble sign, notable sign has been performed through men, them is evident to all the inhabitants in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may, be, that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them in and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And here's, and, here, and here's another powerful testimony. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the, because of the people. For all were praising God for what had happened. For, when you read the Bible, in the Bible, and, and I learned in school, whenever you see the word therefore or for, you stop and figure out what it's there for. For. The people were praising God for what had happened for the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. They were praising God not because Peter and John were such amazing Christians. They were praising God not because Peter and John were something special and they had showed up. And wow, we get to stand under their anointing. Oh, how blessed we are to hear that person preach. Because that's what we get into because we're so wrapped up in trying to show people how we've been with Jesus and that we have the gifts and that we have the abilities and we've stood under the anointing and we received from this person in that ministry and we've got this gift and we're operating over here. But the power and the reason they were praising God and the reason why the religious leaders couldn't come against them was the same reason in and of itself because the power of God had changed a life and that man was standing right there. And so here's the challenge for us today. 
if we want to be a community that changes our community, we don't just give glory to God and rest in our position as being a church and doing church things. We give glory to God and we follow God in our purpose in taking what is unseen and making it visible because that's the power of a testimony is that what was unseen, the power of God is now visible in that my life has been changed and you can see it. And if we want to present power to the world and if we want to present the things of God to this world and Jesus to this world, the way that we do that is by showing them the person who has been healed, delivered, and saved standing right next to us. The world doesn't need to be impressed with our churches. It needs to be impressed with the lives who have been changed by the Jesus that rules over our churches. And for too long, we've been trying to impress. And it just, it drives me insane, especially in New York City, when churches try to impress with, with their different giftings and their worship and everything else. Imagine in the land of Broadway us trying to impress with performance. Are you kidding me? I was at the Met last week with my wife. We went to see uh, some, some German, the Magic Flute, and we were excited, and we had made dinner reservations for like 4.30, and the show started at, at like 1. We were like, man, we got plenty of time. My wife said, yeah, it's supposed to be a 100-minute uh, run time, whatever else. And then we got there, and we found out this is actually the full-length German version. It was three and a half hours. But what in the world are we playing are we, are we advancing the kingdom by the world's rules for? The power of Jesus is in changed lives. Everything else is secondary. The power of Jesus in, is in a transformed life. And in your life, you accept Jesus into your life? Good. But the power of Jesus in your life is how your life begins to change. And if it's not changing, then you've got some questions to be asking yourself. And I've got questions to answer myself, ask myself. And I have to decide, what am I in this for? Did my, I know my position changed, but have I really grabbed onto my purpose? And I'm not questioning anybody's salvation. If you accepted Christ into your life, I believe that you, you have been saved. But it's not about you. When you give your life to Christ, you now take part in, 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 in the program of Jesus. Jesus, the Bible says, was the firstborn to be raised among the dead. He was the first for the power of the Spirit to transform him from death to life, from life to glory. And you know what that means? Now, Jesus, through others, he trained the disciples to go out and to help transform people from death to life, from life to glory. And then those people go out and they learn to transform people from death to life and life to glory. And as you do it in your life, the power of your life is displayed and not that you are raised from death to life and then everything ends there, it's all good, I can go on about my life. The power on your life and the glory of Jesus in your life and what really matters is that you move on to the next step of taking Jesus at his word and then you help others raise from death to life, from life to glory. And if, and if we don't get that as the church then you can just expect Staten Island to be continued to be overrun by drugs. But if we get that as the church, there's hope and there's freedom in the name of Jesus. And you can, in authority, step into people's lives 
and you can proclaim the name of Jesus, and you can connect them with other parts of the body who are there to walk with those in that time of their life. And we can work together, and you can work with other churches, and you can see the epidemic begin to change in Staten Island, where it's no longer Devil's Island, but it's God's Island. To where the doorway from mainland United States comes through Staten Island into the city. And you can be the doorway, the gatekeepers. And you can have a power and authority to, 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 to control the coming and the going. There's so many people from all over the world that come to this city. Wouldn't it be amazing to have a legacy and a testimony as, 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 as Christian Pentecostal Church in Staten Island? That you can come here any way that you want to, but that's not how you're going to leave. Amen? Come as you are, but go as God wants you to be. And that's the power that you have this morning. On a practical side, I just want to share one more thing. When it comes to our testimonies, there's one reason I believe in it so much. is because I'm a firm believer that you cannot know where you're going until you understand where you are. And if you forget where you are or where you came from, you're going to be lost moving forward. And so many people try to come, oh, how do I hear God? How do I follow God? What's God's will for my life? I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. We don't understand our identities. We don't understand our purpose. And I found it really easy in my own life that as I stay connected to where God has brought me from, it becomes very clear where he's taking me to. Because you have your own unique story and you have the things that God allowed into your life and that he's given you grace over so that you can have a voice into those things. And I want to share with you that be careful how you look at people who have gone through some very powerful things because those people have a voice into those, 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 those situations that you will never have. And so it doesn't matter how big of a problem or how big of an issue that somebody was. It doesn't matter how bad of a drug addict or how, how much of a prostitute or how deep they were in debt or how many marriages fell apart. What matters is, is that Jesus Christ has the ability through them to speak to others in that same situation and bring life. So rather than judge the situation that they came from, put the judgment on Christ and trust in his promise to get them where they're supposed to be and save those through whom he's going to send them to. So if you don't know your identity today or what God is calling you to do, then stop and look back from where you came. Understand where you are and the problems and the things that you're facing right now because as God gives you grace to, to overcome them, he will give you the power to help over, others overcome them as well. And there is no greater freedom in our lives from that, that, that when we are freed from something, not just that we know that we're free, but then we allow God to use that thing in our lives to bring freedom to others. And that's the power of a testimony. As I'm, as I'm saying, this thing has no grip on me anymore. Because I'm, I'm being vulnerable. I'm re revealing myself. I'm telling you all of these things so that we can, we can see eye to eye. And that we can build trust. And that you can understand that one thing I do know. I don't have all the answers. I don't, may not know all the theology. I may not have the gifts and the abilities that some of the others seem to have. But I know that I was blind and now I see. Would you stand with me this morning? I just want to give you the opportunity, if you would like to just respond to Jesus, it's not to me, not to a word. 
not to anything else, but if you would like to respond to Jesus to say, God, I heard you today, and I want you to use me. It's very simple. God, I heard you. And you just want to tell God that, and you want to pray. I'd love to pray over you. Just Would you step out of your seat and come forward and just dedicate your life to God this morning that you are going to be a testimony of change. Be a testimony of the power of a changed life so that others can be set free. Father, I just thank you for everybody in this room. And Lord, as I pray, I begin pray that you would touch hearts and that God, it doesn't matter who else is here, who else is looking, Lord, it's between you and me. And God, today, regardless of what I've done and what I've been through, the mistakes that I've made, God, I accept them, I acknowledge them, I give them to you so that, God, you can use my voice to reach into this world. God, I pray for grace, I pray for power, I pray for strength over Christian Pentecostal Church, its leadership, Pastor Carlo, that you would give him energy and, 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 and strength and, and, and the authority in his words and, that, and, and, and continue to give him revelation upon revelation to speak to this group and to reach this, this community. God, that they would join hand in hand and arm to arm, that they would link up together and they would say enough is enough. We are the people of God and that means the power of Christ lives in us to proclaim death to life and life to glory. So God, I thank you for what you're doing here. I thank you for the the testimony of this church, so many years serving you, so many years following you. And I just pray that it would continue all the more, God, that you would continue to light a fire in this place that would be undeniable to those in this world and in this community. God, we pray for Staten Island that you would break the bondages of addiction. And whatever other bondages there are there, there are so many, God, and especially those in this room, God, Let us not be afraid or ashamed to bring our chains and to drop them at the foot of the cross. Let us be willing to walk with others in this room. Find freedom so that we can be those who give freedom. We love you, Jesus. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we're dismissed.